Today on Truths That Transform. Memorial Day is a day when we remember. When we remember those who have made the ultimate sacrifice. We're wasting a lot of time with things like uh, critical race theory and, and inclusion and social justice and all of these things that contribute nothing to the readiness of our military. Hello, I'm Pastor Rob Pacienza. On this Memorial Day weekend, we stop to remember America's heroes who have fought and died on our behalf so that we could enjoy security and the blessings of freedom. On today's program, we'll pay tribute to them as well as point you to an even greater sacrifice that was given on your behalf. But we begin with a look at today's military. According to many experts, our brave men and women in uniform are being let down as America's defenses are being weakened by political correctness. Our own David Wright brings us more. I think our military today is as weak as it has been in my lifetime. And it's declined deliberately because of the policies of the current administration. It has declined significantly, and remember that the mission of the military is to win the nation's wars. It has no other mission. Under President Joe Biden, America's military is going woke. It is focusing time and attention on radical left-wing ideas, such as transgenderism, critical race theory, diversity, equity, and inclusion initiatives. Well, unfortunately, sometimes we have uh, political administrations that come in and instead of seeing the military for what its real purpose is, they want to use it for sort of their social policy. Diversity, equity, and inclusion sounds like a wonderful idea. But when you begin to unpack it, you realize that it actually works against us, even in race relations, rather than for us. In 2021, Senator Marco Rubio and Congressman Chip Roy argued in an 18-page document that the White House's sustained assault fueled by woke virtue signaling is eroding our greatest source of security in the world. I think the report from from Senator Rubio and and Congressman Roy uh, is a very necessary and important step in revealing to the American people, right? Because the military works for the American people. Uh, the American people support the military, but it has to be a two-way street. And so this report was important for opening the American public's eyes uh, to seeing what is exactly what's happening inside the military. I think in many ways the American people still have this, I think this somewhat antiquated view of the military as sort of this last bastion of conservative traditional American values. And it's, that's no longer the case. Individuals suffering from gender dysphoria are now free to serve in the military, thanks to an executive order President Joe Biden issued just hours after his inauguration. 
the military also provides time off for active military to undergo sex change surgeries at taxpayer expense. Douglas MacArthur said to the young men assembled at West Point in 1963 as he stood in the mess hall, your mission remains determined, fixed, inviolable. It is to win the nation's wars. That has not changed. And everything that our military does, short of going to war, should be focused on developing their skills and being ready when the time comes that they do have to go into battle. Unfortunately, today we, we are seeing uh, a period where we're wasting a lot of time that should be used preparing for the ultimate battles. We're wasting a lot of time with things like uh, critical race theory and, and inclusion and social justice and all of these things that contribute nothing to the readiness of our military. So uh, I'm very concerned about it. The U.S. Navy is facing backlash for a recent partnership with the drag queen influencer on social media. Active duty sailor yeoman, second class Joshua Kelly, whose alter ego is drag queen Harpy Daniels, was named the Navy's first digital ambassador. Leave the saving of the world to the men? I don't think so. Former Navy SEAL Robert O'Neill tweeted out in response, All right, the U.S. Navy is now using an enlisted sailor drag queen as a recruiter. I'm done. To understand what's happening in our military from the inside, uh, I think it's important to first understand uh, who generally comprises our military. Who are the people that, according to all surveys and, and statistics, are the people most likely to join the military? And according to every statistical survey I've seen, the people that are most likely to join the United States military are young males between the ages of 18 and 24, and this is important, those who identify as highly religious are significantly more likely to join the military than those who identify as non-religious. And that means that people of faith form, largely form the backbone of our military. And the problem that our military is facing is that it is no longer presenting that as an attractive option to young people. They're turning away at higher numbers than they ever have in, in, in decades. We're seeing one of the worst recruiting and retention crises in our nation's history. The Biden administration's chief of naval operations, Admiral Michael Gilday, decided last year to add Ibram X. Kendi's book, How to Be an Anti-Racist, one of the leading source books on critical race theory, to his list of recommended readings. To give an idea of how radical Kendi's book is, one of its famous arguments is that capitalism is essentially racist and that to truly be anti-racist, you have to be truly anti-capitalist. When you put men or women or men and women into combat, what you'll find is when they get in actual combat, it's no longer about the oath that they took to the Constitution of the United States. That's why they serve, that's why they're there. But when the bullets start flying, they fight for each other. They fight for the man or the woman on the right and left in front of them and back of them. That's what they fight for. Now, what do you do when you teach critical race theory? You set them down, you divide them up, and you say, all of you on this side of the room, you're white, 
you're the oppressors. And all of you on this side over here, you're the black or the brown, and, and you're the oppressed. These people and their generations before them have been oppressing you. You don't have a chance because these people and their, their predecessors abused you. Does that build unity? I don't know of any way that we could assess that that builds the kind of unity. All it builds is division. These ideological policies move the military in a divergent direction from the American mainstream. Meanwhile, up until this year, the military discharged more than 8,400 service members for refusing the COVID-19 vaccine, including many whose religious exemption requests were disapproved. It became painfully obvious. The United States Navy was blatantly violating the Constitution and federal law and just acting as if it had the unilateral authority to do, that, that it could create its own laws. And it didn't matter what Congress had said, that, that it was the United States Navy and whatever it said was, was the supreme law of the land. Well, guess what? That's not how it works in this country. Why are we more concerned with 100% vaccine compliance and not concerned with 100% constitutional compliance? We should be far more concerned with complying with the Constitution than complying with some presidential you know, executive mandate that wasn't issued by Congress. Kelly Shackelford's First Liberty Institute recently represented a group of 35 Navy SEALs whose careers and livelihoods were threatened because of their religious beliefs on the COVID vaccine. We represented 35 Navy SEALs. These are the most healthy, strong guys you'll ever meet. They tried to tell these 35 guys who all had religious objections to taking the vaccine that, you know, well, you don't have a choice. Well, they do. There's a federal law. It allows everybody in the military, if there's something they're being asked to do that would violate their faith, they ask for an exemption. So I think the lawsuit that we filed is not only important because we won, not only for these 35 Navy SEALs, but we've, we've converted this into a class action protecting every single person in the Navy. There's been another one protecting every single person in the Air Force, every single person in the Marines. As Winston Churchill famously said, this isn't the end, this isn't even in the beginning of the end, it's merely the end of the beginning. And uh, what, we've, what we're seeing happening now is people of faith are, are unwelcome in the military. Uh, even if it's not the official position of the United States that people of faith need not apply, uh, that's certainly the belief for many, of pe many people serving in our military. When you look at the U.S. military and you look at what makes a really good soldier, you want people of faith serving in your military because they have to make judgment calls for themselves on the field about how they treat others. It seems like a, a terrible position for the U.S. government to say, you know, you don't have constitutional rights, you don't have the right to exercise the deep, basic, fundamental human experience of religion. You don't have religion if you serve in the U.S. military. Well, not only is that legally untrue, but that is a terrible policy to make. And it, you know, the American public should, should absolutely reject any notion from Washington, D.C. that our armed military service members, and this, this is true also of many, many public officials, but especially in the military, when you have a man, you give a man a gun and you put him in a field somewhere and you tell him to make the choice for someone between life and death, I want that man to be a man of faith who's praying and trying to live a moral life. 
When we undermine this nation built on biblical truths that so many brave people fought and died for, we diminish their sacrifice. And that's a tragedy. Instead of frittering away the inheritance they bled and gave their lives for, we instead need to honor them by repenting and rebuilding our great foundations. My pastor and mentor, Dr. D. James Kennedy, shares more in his Memorial Day message, The Twilight's Last Gleaming. Memorial Day is a day when we remember when we remember those who have made the ultimate sacrifice, who have given their lives that we might enjoy the life and the freedom that we have in America today, and how prone we are to forget. Well, it is good for us to remember It's good for us to remember those who made the sacrifice. It's also good for us to remember that for which they made the sacrifice. For what did they die? For this, as the writer said, for an American, America who has forgotten its past. Woodrow Wilson said that any nation that forgets what it was will not know what it is supposed to be. And we certainly, as a people, have largely forgotten that. It is good for us to remember also what those brave men fought for. Was it for what we see going on today? Never in the history of the world, one writer said, has any nation so quickly jettisoned its system of belief. We have forgotten or rejected what we were and what the founders of this nation meant it to be. In 30 years, we have seen our Christian heritage run through our fingers like sand. One decision by the Supreme Court after another has removed first one part and another, first prayer and then Bible and then the Ten Commandments and then creation. Prayer clubs and Bible studies and prayers at graduation and football games and one thing after another, stripping this culture of any vestige of its Christianity by a group of the elite in this country, the humanist elite, who are determined that they are going to destroy every remembrance of Christianity in America. It's sad to say that we are seeing the demise of Christian civilization in this nation in our time. One magazine put it this way, the war on standards, they call it, Ugliness has now been enthroned, and in our pictures today, the ability to shock has become a replacement for the ability to inspire. Have you noticed that? You see, unbelief cannot inspire. It can only shock. Because we are inspired 
by the nobler virtues, which are the virtues of God, the virtues of Christianity, of self-sacrifice and heroism. And so we see the evidences of the demise of our Christian civilization ever before us on our screens and sets at home. And if we continue in the way that we're going, I believe that we are going to see such an onslaught on the remaining institutions of Christianity, which remain the only free institutions in this country, and a statist government that that wants to control everything is not going to be satisfied until it controls Christian schools and Christian institutions and the church itself. And more and more of their lawyers are saying that the freedom of religion is not a constitutional freedom. One of them said that the First Amendment is obsolete. It is simply a statutory freedom that the state grants it to the churches and the state may withdraw it anytime they will. We think that we are invincible behind the First Amendment. We have judges and attorneys that are willing to throw that out at a moment's notice. What's happening to American character is tragic indeed. Very few of the Americans believe in the Ten Commandments anymore. Only 13% of Americans said that they believe in all ten of the commandments. Now the figure goes up as the number of commandments comes down. But tragically, we have no moral standard and none is being taught to our students. Chuck Colson said that our graduates from our public schools today are the new barbarians who have no more moral code than the barbarians of old did when they broke down the walls of Rome. At least Rome had to have the barbarians come from outside. We are producing our own right from within that don't know right from wrong and couldn't care less. It's just tragic what is going on in our time. And my friends, may I say that as we have watched the Christian civilization pass away, it has happened in our time, on our watch, and we are responsible. How much time have you spent on your knees praying for America, that this nation may repent? We read today in Jeremiah 18 that God says that if he plant a nation and determine to do good to that nation and to bless that nation, if that nation turn and do evil, that he will pluck it up and tear it down and destroy it. And that's what America is looking forward to. And I can't help but remember the words of Ruth Graham, spoken a decade or more ago, but far more true today than they were when she uttered them, when she said, if God doesn't punish America, he is going to have to apologize to Sodom and Gomorrah. And my friends, God doesn't 
apologize. We are responsible. We need to really stop playing at church and playing at Christians and get serious because, my friends, American Christianity is absolutely being destroyed in our time. Dear friends, on this Memorial Weekend, may we take increased devotion to that cause for which they gave the last full measure of devotion. We not, may not give our lives on some bloody field or trench or rice paddy, but may God make us heroes of the faith who will be faithful to Jesus Christ, that we might be living heroes and as brave as those that lie in Flanders Field. Hi, I'm Jennifer Kennedy Cassidy. As we stop to remember our fallen heroes on this Memorial Day weekend, it is also time to stand up on behalf of those currently serving. Marxist far-left ideology is being imposed on our military and it's putting our troops and our nation in danger. Senator Marco Rubio has sponsored legislation that would restrict transgender service in the military. And we've put together a petition calling upon Congress to pass that legislation. Men and women in the military are now receiving mandatory training on pronouns and the military is paying for gender transition surgeries. As the bill's co-sponsor, Senator Marsha Blackburn says, the United States military is no place for social experiments. Communist China, Russia, Iran, and North Korea do not care what our service members' pronouns are. We must get back to maintaining a strong military and showing the rest of the world that the U.S. is serious about our security and continued freedom. That's why it's vital that you sign this petition right away. Contact us through the information on the screen to request your petition, sign it, and send it back to us as soon as possible to make your voice heard and join it with the voices of thousands of others. When you contact us, if you're able to also give a generous donation to help us broadcast truth on issues like this, we'll send you the printed report, Woke Warfighters, How Political Ideology is Weakening America's Military from the offices of Senator Marco Rubio and Congressman Chip Roy. In this report, you'll discover how the Biden administration is undermining the readiness of our military and eroding national security. We'll also send you the hardcover, gift-sized book, A Nation Worth Fighting For, by my father, Dr. D. James Kennedy. America's heritage of religious liberty is now in jeopardy, and progressive wokeness is spreading. Our only hope is that there may be a great revival and a turning to God, who is our great emancipator. The four sermons in this small volume will challenge you to fan the flame of liberty in your heart and to serve in the army of Christ. Not a physical army using violence, but a spiritual army using commitment and prayer that can change the whole world. That's the printed report, Woke Warfighters, and the gift size hardcover book from my dad, a nation worth fighting for, as thanks for your generous donation. 
But whatever you do, make sure to contact us right away for your free petition to Congress, calling upon them to defend our brave men and women in the armed services by passing the Ensuring Military Readiness Act. Sign the petition and return it to us as soon as possible. Simply write to us at D. James Kennedy Ministries, Box 11154, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, 33339, or call toll-free 877-962-7677, or go online to djkm.org. Memorial Day is perhaps our most solemn holiday because we stop to remember those who gave everything they had to protect our nation, and preserve our freedom. As Jesus said, greater love has no one than this, that someone laid down his life for his friends. We are humbled and grateful for these sacrifices and the families that most closely bore the grief of their loss. But there's a reason that we find such sacrifices moving and noble. Sacrifice has been woven by God into the fabric of reality. In fact, All of creation is a story of sacrifice, a sacrifice made for you and for me. You see, we're all sinners. You, me, the Pope, and the Dalai Lama. Everyone. To sin means we have offended the justice of a perfectly holy and righteous God. Our sin deserves punishment because God would be unjust if he would just let evil flourish. But though we are guilty and deserve the wrath of God, He is also merciful and loving. He sent his own son, Jesus Christ, to this earth so that we could be forgiven. Jesus lived the perfect life and never committed a single sin. His father was joyously, overwhelmingly pleased with him. But the son of God came with a very specific mission, to die for our sins. Jesus volunteered to give his perfect life on a Roman cross a cross of execution in exchange for our sinful, rebellious lives. He paid the full penalty for the sins of all who would come to him so that we could have everlasting life. And he was raised from the dead, defeating death itself. It is indeed great love for someone to lay down their life for their friend. But Jesus' love is even greater because he gave his life for us while we were yet his enemies. Have you received the forgiveness and eternal life that Jesus purchased and offers you today as a free gift? If not, you can do so right now, this very moment. Simply pray along with me from your heart. Dear Father, I thank you for the incredible sacrifice of your Son, Jesus Christ, for me. I know I don't deserve it, and I can do nothing to earn it, but I gratefully receive this salvation as your free gift. Thank you for forgiving my sins, Father, and help me to turn away from them. I want to live now for you as my Lord. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. If you sincerely prayed that prayer with me today, we'd like to send you a free gift. It's beginning again. Dr. Kennedy's book for new believers to help you get started in your relationship with Christ. Contact us to receive your copy today and may God richly bless you. Thank you for joining us today. We've recently launched a new podcast we hope you'll check out. It's called The City of God. And among the guests we've recently featured are Dr. Ben Carson, Erwin Lutzer, Patrick Bet-David, and more. You can find it at cityofgodpodcast.com, as well as on Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, 
and anywhere you get your podcast. Also, remember that you have an open invitation to come worship with us at Coral Ridge Presbyterian Church if you're ever in Fort Lauderdale. You can also join us by live stream at crpc.tv. And now, here's a look at the next Truths That Transform. People of faith are put in situations where they're being asked to do something that might violate their faith. And despite a perfect work record, they're being fired. That's next week. This has been a production of D. James Kennedy Ministries.